The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. I'm Pastor Chris. Great to have you with us today. Uh, a lot of exciting things happening in the life of our church. A lot of uh, man. By the way, we had a great uh, Easter last week. Uh, Easter weekend last uh, week. Uh, here at Coastal. I'm sure a lot of you have been on spring break. Uh, uh, your kids have been out of school, but school starts tomorrow. Woo! You ready? You ready for that? I know the parents are maybe ready for them to go back to school. I don't know. Um, but uh, hey, do me a favor. Everybody turn around and look back there at our impact board uh, underneath the one sign. Uh, if you're new to Coastal, uh, the little impact, the stickers, um, each one of those stickers represents uh, somebody coming to faith, somebody giving their life to Jesus here at Coastal. And we're now up to like 44 salvations. Uh, here at Coast, we had like a, we had 11 people get saved last Sunday, uh, so we're excited about that. And our goal is 100 to see 100 people come to faith uh, over the course of a year here at Coastal. And uh, so uh, we're just uh, keep moving, and and uh, God is God is moving, and we're excited to be a part of that. Um, hey, one thing I want I do want to let you know about uh, we, have, we do have a lot of new people have been coming to Coastal over the last uh, several weeks, several months, and uh, our newcomers reception is a great next step for you. Uh, that is next Sunday. A immediately after the 11.15 service. And we have it over in the Coastal Kids building uh, in the... Um in our conference room, right, right outside of the first through fifth grade auditorium. There'll be signs directing you where to go next week. Uh, but on the back of your Connect card, uh, the first, my next step today says, I'd like to RSVP for the newcomers reception next Sunday, April uh, 15th, after the 1115 service. And the newcomers uh, reception really is a great uh, first next step uh, for people here at Coastal. Uh, you'll get to meet uh, a lot of our staff and uh, a lot of ministry leaders. Uh, you'll also get to hear a little bit about my story, the story of our church, and uh, we'll talk about next steps. Child care is provided, pizza is provided, and um, it's just a great uh, way to meet some other new people, learn about Coastal, and uh, learn about some possible next steps. So we'd love to invite you to come to that. You can just uh, check the uh, Connect card uh, today, drop that in the blue bucket, and uh, you'll be signed up for that. We'll let you, we'll send you a little reminder uh, next week. Uh, but today, uh, we are in part two of this series called The Simple Life. Now, do me a favor, everybody, uh, raise your hand if you ever find yourself longing for a simpler way of life. Anybody? Raise your hand. That, that's kind of what I thought. Probably a lot of people uh, feel that way. I mean, sometimes, you know, don't you just feel like an order of hash browns at the Waffle House? Smothered, covered, scattered, and cluttered. Do you ever feel that way? Now, one of those words wasn't right, but uh, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, you've never eaten at the Waffle House, shame on you, okay? You're, you're, really, you're really missing out on a piece of Americana here uh, in our country. But, uh, but seriously, don't get me wrong. I am not suggesting uh, that, you know, I, I want us to, you know, turn back the clocks of time and, you know, go back and live uh, in Mayberry. Nothing wrong with Mayberry, but I don't want to live there. Um, that's not what this series is about. Uh, I actually li like, I love the time, really, in which we live. I, I really do. Um, I believe the opportunities that are presented today to the church uh, are greater than they've ever been. And, uh, but sometimes, again, don't you just find yourself longing for a simpler way of life? Well, uh, I really believe that the simple revolution is here. Uh, it, it is all around us. In fact, uh, today there are companies, uh, designers, airlines, restaurants, uh, ad agencies, who have all realized and recognized that people really do want simple. But the leader of the simple revolution uh, is not Apple Computer. 
It's actually Jesus. In fact, think about this. Uh, Jesus stepped into what was a busy, complicated, complex, cluttered religious world. Okay, the religious leaders of his day uh, had developed literally hundreds and hundreds of, of these laws, hundreds of do's and don'ts, and then they spent their, their days just debating those laws and judging people who couldn't keep those laws. And then enter Jesus. Jesus had this amazing ability to take the very complex and simplify it. Uh, the Pharisees' rules and restrictions were actually pushing people away from God. And then Jesus shows up on the scene, and he simply offers grace and a personal relationship with God. I mean, he was revolutionary. So, over the next several weeks, we're going to encourage you and challenge you to join the revolution, the simple revolution. And sure, we are going to talk about uh, slowing down, you know, getting a hold of your, your calendar and your schedule and uh, creating margin in your life and, you know, walking away from being a workaholic and all those things. But you really need to hear this loud and clear today. The simple life is not just about, you know, cutting things out of your life and cutting things out of your schedule so that you can rest and retire and enjoy the good life. If that's all you get from this series, listen, you have missed the point of this whole series. The purpose of the simple life is really about making time for what matters most. It's about focus. It's about uh, moving from a life of selfishness to a life of significance. That's the purpose of the simple life. That's what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, it's about cutting out trivial things and sometimes even good things so that you can have more time and more energy for the absolute best things, the things that really matter in life. Okay? It's going to be about focus. Now, I really believe that focus is one of the keys to an effective life, kind of like a laser. Okay, the, the stronger the focus, the more concentrated the focus, of course, the more power the laser has. And so when you focus your life on what really matters, on those two or three things that are most important, your life becomes more effective. The problem is, though, is that a lot of people, a lot of us live very unfocused lives. And so what happens is we're trying to do like a hundred things all at the same time, and we think they're all of equal value. And they're not. The more you focus your life, the more you center your life on what really matters, the more power you'll have, the more effective you'll be. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19 in the message says this, but I do more than thank, I ask. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for us Christians. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Listen to this. Endless energy, boundless strength. Wow, 
That's an amazing prayer. And that is my prayer for you during this series. That not only, you know, would you come to know Jesus personally, but that you would be focused and clear about the life that he has for you. One of endless energy and boundless strength. Focus, energy, strength. How's that life sound? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So, how do we achieve that? I mean, seriously, how how do you really focus on what really matters? How do you determine that? How do you truly begin to live this simple life? Well, I think one of the answers is found in uh, asking the right questions. Asking the right questions. So today, here's what's going to happen. I want us to think about life's four most important questions. Okay? And I really believe that if we can get these clear in our mind, you know, if we can really focus the the answers to these questions, your stress level is going to go down. Okay? We all want that. Your satisfaction in life is going to go up. And you will begin to move to a life of significance and meaning and purpose. So, you'll know what to cut out of your life. You know, what is trivial, what is good but not the best. And yeah, you'll, you'll know what to add. If you can answer these four questions. Okay? If you're taking notes, question number one. What will be the center of my life? What will be the center of my life? In other words, who or what are you going to be living for? That really is the starting point. I mean, that, that really is, that, that boils it all down. You know, you cannot simplify your life until you actually start determining, you know, who or what it is that you're living for. Now, obviously today, there's a lot of options out there. I mean, you can, if you want to, you can center your life around your career. Uh, you can center your life around a sport or a hobby. Uh, you can center your life around making money. Uh, you can center your life around your family. Uh, you can center your life around who's going to be your next date. Uh, you can center your life around just having fun. I mean, there's a lot of different options out there. Now, all of those things, I'll say most of those things, there's nothing wrong with any of them. A lot of them are fine and they're good. But I want you to hear this loud and clear today. They make an absolute lousy center for your life. They're not strong enough. They're not solid enough. They're not secure enough to be the center of your life. You actually need something that at the center, at the core of your life, that is absolutely forever unchanging, that can never, ever be taken away from you. Because if it can change, if it can be taken away, you can lose your security. And let me tell you something, you're always going to be under stress. Now, when you became a believer, a follower of Jesus, the center of your life changes. The center of your life changes. You know, being a Christian means that Jesus absolutely is at the center of your life. The problem is a lot of people today, though, they kind of view their life as, you know, a pie. Okay, pieces of a pie. And uh, the different pieces represent different segments of your life, right? You know, you got your, uh, your work piece, okay, your work segment of your life. And then you got your family, your relationships, you got your financial segment, you got your social segment, and then somewhere in the pie, you know, you got your spiritual life. And, you know, Jesus, you know, is a piece of the pie. Now, the problem is 
That is absolutely wrong. It's a wrong way to do life. Jesus is not a piece of the pie. He is the filling. He is the whole pie. And you see, he wants to absolutely influence and, and manage and be control of and be the Lord of every segment of your life. You know, your financial segment, your relational segment, your family, your social, your ambitions, your dreams, your goal, your career, all of it. He is the one who holds it all together. He is not meant to be just a piece, just a segment. If you have segmented your life in any way close to that, let me tell you something. You are stressed out. You are overburdened. One of the ways that you know that Jesus is at the center of your life, that he's at the core, is you begin to worry less. You see, worry is a sign that someone or something has replaced Jesus at the core. You know, anytime I start worrying, anytime you start worrying, that should be a warning light that says, I've allowed something else at the center of my life. And so the number one stress reliever is to put Jesus right at the center. Anybody remember growing up when you were a kid, those little uh, super balls, little bouncy balls? I mean, they were like, you, you, you would throw it on the ground, and it bounced, what, like 30, 40 feet, you know, in, in the sky. Why? Well, because... The center of a Super Bowl was this tightly compacted, solid core, okay? And the solid core of that little ball gave it its bounceability. Now, the reality is, when you have a solid core, in a way, you've got bounceability. You bounce back faster. You know, it doesn't mean that things don't happen to you, but you bounce back faster from stress and, and problems and grief and crisis because you got something solid in your life that doesn't change. And you don't have to worry about that thing. So again, you know, as we talk about simplifying your life, you've got to come to terms with this. What is at your core? What is the center of your life? By the way, what did Jesus say our focus in life should be on? What did he say the, the center of our life should be you know, around? Well, in Matthew 22, uh, one of the Pharisees actually comes up to Jesus and basically asks that question. He says, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, again, remember, they had made hundreds and hundreds. They really complicated things. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So all the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Again, what did Jesus say? Love God and love people. Everything starts there. The simple life. Now, once you come to terms with that question, you've settled that in your mind, in your heart. Who or what are you living for? The second of life's most important questions is this. What's going to be the character of your life? What's going to be the character of your life? In other words, what kind of person am I going to be in this life? What am I moving toward? Who am I trying to become? You see, God is far more interested in who you are than what you do for a living. Why? Because you're not going to carry your career with you into eternity. Okay? But you will take your character with you. This life that you're living right now, it is basically just preparation for eternity. That's it. 
And the Bible is very clear about God's plans for our lives after you put him at the center of your life. Romans 8.29 from the message says this, God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. He's talking about Jesus there. He says, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him, in Jesus. In other words, listen to this. God wants you to become more and more like his son Jesus. That's to be the character of your life. Uh, Hugh Martin wrote a little book called The Parable of the Gospels, and he tells this story about this very rough, very uncultured man who lived by himself, and he became enamored with this beautiful, very expensive uh, vase in a shop window. And so he saves up, and he buys this vase, and he brings it home, and uh, he sets it up, Uh, on the mantle of his very cluttered, very unkept house. And suddenly he begins to feel like the vase actually becomes kind of a a judgment, if you will, on uh, on the surroundings. And so he felt like he needed to clean up the room a little bit, get worthy, you know, of this new beautiful vase. And then after he did that, he noticed that the, the curtains, you know, in the room looked a little dingy. And so he buys new curtains. And then he noticed the old chair that he had in the room, that the, you know, the filling is coming out, it's tearing apart, and, and it didn't look right. So he goes out and buys a new chair. And then he decided that the walls needed to be painted. And pretty soon, this entire room has been transformed. Listen, when you put Jesus at the center of your life, things begin to change. It's as though he gradually gets into every nook and cranny of your life and you become transformed. You see, Christ-likeness is not just produced by imitation, but by inhabitation. It's when you allow Jesus to live through you. And as he does, you begin to think like Christ, you begin to talk like Jesus, you begin to act like him. Or as Paul put it in Ephesians 4.15, he said this, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Now notice again, he uses the word there, grow. Because becoming like Jesus doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's a gradual process of growth. It is your, your character. It's where, where you're growing, what you're becoming. So in each one of us is a, a work in progress. It's a process of growth that's going to continue for the rest of your life. I cannot overstate this. Before God accomplishes something through you, he wants to accomplish something in you. Again, who you are is way more important than what you do for a living. The problem is we've, we've switched that. And, and, and it's possible that, that one of the reasons why your life today is so cluttered and so out of control is that you've forgotten who you're supposed to be becoming. You've forgotten who is the, the, what is to be the character of my life. And you've just filled your life with some lesser things. And sometimes even good things but they're definitely not the best. And you've forgotten that your life is to be becoming more and more like Jesus. Third most important question that will help you focus your life. What's going to be the contribution of my life? What's going to be the contribution of my life? In other words, how am I going to leverage, how am I going to use 
everything that God has given me, all my, my talents, my abilities, all of that. A- am I going to use what God has given me just to benefit myself, or am I going to leverage what he's given me to, to serve him by serving other people? Now, everybody in this room, you have all been uniquely gifted by God so that you can make a contribution in this world. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, it's really interesting. Our English word poem comes from the Greek word translated there for workmanship. This literally means that you, everybody in this room, you are a handcrafted work of art from God. You are not an assembly line product, mass produced without thought. You are custom designed. You are one of a kind, a masterpiece. In fact, turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're a piece of work, okay? Go ahead and do that right now. You're a piece of work, okay? Now, I know that sounds kind of negative, but it's true. You are an original masterpiece. Now, there is one thing that all the pieces of work in this room have in common. Everybody here really does want to make a difference with our lives. Now, you might have given up on that thought, though. And maybe you think, well, you know, that's past me. That's never going to happen. But deep down, everybody in this room really does want to make a what? An impact, right? That's our theme this year, an impact. Now, where did you get that desire? Where did you get that thought? It comes from God. God has hardwired you to want to make an impact in this world. You see, you were put on this earth not just to take up space, not just to breathe, retire, and die. No. God puts you here on this earth for a very unique purpose. And God has uniquely designed you, shaped you, so that you can make a contribution. He's given everybody in this room, you know, certain experiences. Positive experiences, bad experiences, educational experiences, fun experiences, all those things to make you, you. He gave you a personality. He gave you a sense of humor. He gave you a heart. In other words, he gave you things that you are passionate about, things that you get excited. There, there, There are people in this room who get excited and passionate about certain things, and there's other people you could care less about that, and you get excited about other things. In other words, if we were all passionate and we all had a heart for the same things, then we'd all kind of compete to try to do that one thing, and there'd be a lot of things on this earth that get left undone. So God makes us all different so that everything in the world can be accomplished. God has uniquely shaped you for a reason so that you can make a contribution. Now, what you need to ask yourself is this. Okay, based on how God has made me, What's the greatest contribution that I can make? How can I make an impact? How can I make a difference? And you say, yeah, but, you know, Pastor Chris, my, you know, my contribution, I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it would be so small, so insignificant. Listen, you, you don't know that. You never know what your contribution, what your impact is going to be. I mean, come on, don't we all know that great, huge, massive doors, you know, hang on very small hinges. And sometimes, you know, if if you know anything about history, history has been changed by seemingly insignificant small events. I mean, who in a million years would have ever guessed that a baby born in a stable in Bethlehem to two peasant kids would change the world, would turn the world upside down? 
Nobody. Nobody would have guessed that. And often, you never know how one little thing that you say to somebody, how one little act of kindness, how one opportunity to serve can change that person's life and maybe not just change their life, maybe their family's life, maybe the trajectory of generations, maybe the entire world. You just don't know. And you're not going to know until you get to heaven. You see, every day we have an opportunity. We, we walk by people. We walk by situations where we can help, where we can serve. But if you become so focused on you and your thing, and you know, you, you, you're going to get overloaded and overscheduled, that you're not going to make a contribution. And you see, when you boil it all down, there are really only two kinds of people in this world. There are givers and there are takers. Which one are you? You know, nobody's ever going to be remembered for what they take out of life. You're only going to be remembered for what you give. You make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. You know, one day, we're all going to stand before God, and He is going to ask, what did you do with everything I gave you? What did you do with your life? Your schedule, your abilities, your talents, your home your money, your relationships? Did you make a contribution? Or did you just live for yourself? Listen, that's why here at Coastal, listen, we make no apologies for challenging you and encouraging you to serve. Because Jesus said, you find your life by giving your life away in service to others. Let me ask you a question. You need to be able to answer this question. What's your ministry here at Coastal? I mean, I'm serious. Do you just come and sit and soak and take in? Or are you serving? Are you giving? Let me tell you something. There is nothing, nothing more important than serving God by serving others in the kingdom, in the local church. On the back of your Connect card, everybody pull out your Connect card for, for a moment this morning. In bold underneath my decision today, I would like to volunteer to serve. Circle one, breeding, children's ministry, cafe, office, security, communion, tech booth, parking team, students, worship. Where's your ministry? You know, down below, my next step today, uh, let's see here. I'd like to help serve. I'd like to help out with VBS, uh, 2018, July 16th through the 20th. Listen, you never know the impact that you make when you serve God by serving other people. What's your contribution? Are you a giver or are you a taker? Final question, number four. What's going to be the communication of my life? What will be the communication of my life? In other words, what does God want to say to the world through you? Did you know that God wants to do that? Did you know that one of the reasons why God puts you on this planet is because he wants to say something to the world around you, your world, where you live, work, and play. That's called your life message. 1 Thessalonians 1.8 says this, your life, your lives are echoing the master's word, the news of your faith, and God is out. We don't even have to say anything anymore. You're the message. Listen, anytime, anytime you share with somebody else the story of how God has impacted you, how God has made a difference in your life, you're sharing your message. Only you can share your unique life message. Nobody else can do that for you. Your parents can't do it for you. Your spouse can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. And if you don't share it, then 
the message that God put, on this, put you on this earth to share, the world gets cheated. Why? Because the best messages, the most powerful messages, are personal messages. You know, I'm so glad personally that, you know, that when God wanted to share his message of love, he didn't email it, he didn't tweet it, he didn't Snapchat it. He came in person. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came to the earth so that we could see what God is like. Now I know. Now I know what the Father is like because he came in person. God has a message that he wants then to share with the world. And instead of writing it in the sky, he wants to share it through you. Through you, where you live, work, and play. Now, there's two parts to your message. There is the audio part, and there's the visual part. You know, sure, you've got to live it. You've got to live the message. You've got to walk it out. Philippians 1.27 puts it this way. But whatever happens to me, you must live in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. You are citizens of heaven. In other words, God wants people to watch your life to see his love. But you also got to share it. You got to talk about it. You got to tell other people why it is that you are the way you are, why you're different, why you do what you do, why your family is the way it is. Acts 20, 24 says, but my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. And what is that work? The work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and love. You say, well, yeah, Wait a minute, Pastor Chris. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a preacher. Great! You know what that means? That means you'll be more effective. I mean, the words preach today, the words sermon today, pretty much are always used in a negative light, right? You know, don't preach at me. I don't want to hear a sermon. God doesn't want you to be a preacher. He wants you to be the satisfied customer. And then just share. You know, this is what God's doing in my life. You tell me, to a skeptic, who has more credibility? The paid salesman or the satisfied customer? There, there's no doubt, right? You, the satisfied customer, have way more credibility with people than I'll ever have. People look at me as just the, you know, the paid salesman. You know, I'm the hired holy man, right? In people's minds, seriously, I'm paid to be good. You're good for nothing, okay? I like that. Anyway, um, you know, when I talk about God, you know what they say? Well, of course, Pastor Chris is going to say that. He gets paid to say that. He's the preacher. He's the pastor. Listen, and by the way, you don't have to be perfect to have a life message because none of us are. You just got to be honest. You got to be authentic. You know, you say, listen, man, I, I don't have it all together. I don't. But let me tell you what a difference Jesus has made. You know, God wants you to share that. And there are people all around your life that if you don't share it, they're not going to hear it. And let me tell you something. If you're not involved in this, no wonder your life is out of control. No wonder your life is full of, full of stress. Because you're not communicating the very reason why God put you on this planet. You know, there's, a, there's an interesting book entitled Principle-Centered Leadership. And uh, in the book, the author suggests that if you really want to achieve focus in life, if you want to achieve you know, and accomplish and, and accomplish your life mission, then what you need to do is you need to think about the end of your life first. And he actually says, okay, I want you to imagine yourself 
at your own funeral. Okay? So everybody do that. Just kind of picture yourself at your own funeral. Now, think about four friends, four people that you'd like to stand up and speak on your behalf. Give your eulogy. Okay? Now, as you think about that, as you think about those four people standing up to talk about you, what do you want them to say? And then he says, now go back and focus, write out your life mission on the basis of what you'd like those people to say about you. Now let me say something. You could do that. You know, you could. I mean, nothing wrong with that. that that's, a, that's a decent enough starting place. But let me tell you something. It don't go far enough. It really doesn't because ultimately at the end of your life, it is not going to matter a hill of beans what other people say about you. What is going to matter though is what is God going to say about you? Because you will, all of us, we will all stand before God and we'll have to give an account to two questions. What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with him? Did you accept him into your life as your, your Savior and your Lord by faith? And then, what did you do with everything else that I've given you? With your time, your talents, your treasure, your relationships, your home, your car, your clothes, all of it. What did you do with it? You see, we spend so much of our lives living without focus. And as a result, sure enough, we bounce around from one activity to another activity to another activity. We just keep filling up our lives with more and more things. Sometimes trivial things, sometimes good things, but definitely not the best things. And then we waste time and we waste energy on things that don't really matter. And because we lack focus, we get overloaded. Again, the purpose of simplifying our lives is not so that you can live a life of selfishness, but so that you can move to a life of significance. It's about focusing on what matters the most. So what about you? What's at the center of your life? What's the character of your life? What are you becoming more and more like? What's your contribution? What are you communicating? Why not Jesus? Why not focusing today on loving God and loving people and becoming more and more like his son and communicating the message of hope and love to the world around you? I'm saying, if you'll focus on those things, let me tell you something, you'll know what to cut out. You'll know what to add. How are you going to answer those two questions? What about you? What have you done with Jesus? Let me tell you something, today, you know, coming home to God, we make that, again, so complicated, don't we? I mean, so many people think there's so many answers to that. Let me tell you something, it's very simple. It's Jesus. It's not religion. It's not a long list of do's or don'ts. It, it's Jesus. It's a relationship with God. It's a love, a personal love relationship with him through his son Jesus. God simply said, you know what? You're a sinner. You've blown it. He's holy. We're not. 
And if we're going to go into a perfect place and be around a holy God, then someone or something's got to pay for our sin. Either you or someone else. And last I checked, all of us have blown it. We, we can't, you know, once you've sinned, you can't bat a thousand anymore. You're never going to be perfect. You can never work your way into heaven. That's not going to happen. That's a complexity. That's a religion, and it'll get you nowhere. The simple truth is Jesus came. He died on a cross. He rose from again. He rose again, and he's alive. And he's paid the price. You just have to simply accept his payment. Ask him for forgiveness. You know, just state the truth about who you are. Turn, turn from it. Turn toward him. And ask him to come into your life. And if you do that, man, you know, then you begin that process of becoming more and more like God sees you. Holy, complete, perfect. You can have that today. For those of you who have already made that decision, let me ask you, what are you doing with the rest of it? You know, you're like a order of hash browns at Waffle House, you know, covered, scattered, cluttered. I mean, it's just a mess. Focus, focus. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. And I thank you for Jesus who came into this earth and he really did simplify, simplify things for us. He made the complex and cluttered very, very simple. Love you and love people. And God, I just pray for those of us who are believers here today. You know, it's so easy to get so overburdened, overscheduled, uh, just stressed out with a lot of things in this life that really, when it all boils down to it, aren't going to matter much. And we've forgotten the most important thing. So God, as we begin this series, I pray we'll focus. We'll focus on you. We'll focus on Jesus. We'll focus on serving and communicating your message. And let everything flow out of that. Our families, our careers, our stuff, our schedule, all of it. Let it flow out of that focus. And listen, if you're here today and you are ready to come home, you are ready to begin a relationship, a love relationship with God through Jesus, it is as beautiful and yes, as simple as a prayer. Pour out your heart to God here and now. Just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me when I have not been very lovable. I admit it, God. I've blown it. I've messed up. Today, I, I turn my back on all of that and I take one step of faith toward you. I believe. I do. I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe that he paid the price for my sin. I believe that he proved it by coming back from the dead. And he is alive. As much as I understand, as much as I know, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus and what he accomplished for me. I ask you to forgive me, and now for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow Jesus. Thank you. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, 
Check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.